this is Rodney Scott, and welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission, to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. It is Dave O. Happy that you are along for another edition of Clubhouse Conversation, the place where we talk to all your favorite current and former Royals players. Today, it's a man who was drafted by the Royals way back in 1972. Rodney Scott, the 11th round of 1972. And most people will remember Rodney playing with his Montreal Expos days when he was a regular everyday second baseman there for a few seasons and ripped off 60-plus bags one year, helped Montreal to the playoffs. But he actually was drafted by the Royals. That's right. Spent one season with Casey in 1975, primarily as a pinch runner that year. After coming up through the Royals system, he was in the Royals Academy. Had a nice major league career, though. Led the league in triples one year with the Expos in 1980. Had eight seasons overall in the league. And he joins us now to talk about everything. His nickname, Cool Breeze. Rodney Scott joins us on Clubhouse Conversation from his home up in the Indianapolis area. First of all, thanks a ton, of course, for taking the time to speak with us. And what are you up to these days, man? What's keeping you busy? Nothing much. But first and, for, first and foremost, I want, I want to thank God for everything. And uh, I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk to you. Absolutely. Well, it's, I mean, you've got to be pretty excited. You're coming off uh, last year in 2014. You went into the Indiana Baseball Hall of Fame. How exciting was that for you? That was great. Uh, I'm just honored to be a part of that organization now. And uh, it, it took a while, but hey, everything works out in God's time. Yeah, absolutely. Now, also speaking of 2014, how'd you like? Uh, did, you, did you did you get you know a chance to watch the Royals World Series run very much? I did. I, I watched the whole series, and uh, they was right there, and uh, they just couldn't pull it off. But uh, Kansas City got a got a good organization, and uh, guys ought to be proud of uh, of the uh, organization and, and the players. Yeah, uh, that on there. You've got to love a couple of those speed guys we had, Dyson and Gore. You know the way you used to run the bases. That'd be kind of fun for you watching them steal all those bases, right? Yeah, I, I enjoy. Uh, running a whole lot you know I, I played basketball and uh, football in high school but uh running was one of my uh, attributes as far as uh, playing the games well let's talk about you in high school then so let's go back to then like you mentioned you played baseball you played basketball now you went to arlington high school there in indianapolis um so let's start off by talking about baseball who was your favorite baseball team and favorite baseball player when you were growing up as a kid Liked uh, a lot of uh, baseball players, uh, Hank Aaron, Brooks Robinson. Uh, I played with a, a, a lot of guys that were uh, pretty good athletes. I think in their own right, uh, Amos Otis, uh, Hal McRae, Vader uh, Benson, and uh, played with a lot of uh, Hall of Famers also. 
So three sports there in high school and a city title in basketball. You did that as well. You had a, a baseball sectional title. Um, before we talk about the Royals drafting you then, I know you were also a high school basketball All-American and had a scholarship to play some college basketball too, right? Absolutely. I had some offers from UCLA, Notre Dame, uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, just, just I had a, a lot of offers to go play uh, college basketball. But, but, but I chose baseball because my grandfather used to watch me play Little League, and uh, he didn't live long enough to see me play ba- uh, bas- basketball or football in high school, so I just chose baseball. Very cool. I was going to ask you about that. So the Royals draft you then in the 11th round of 1972. Now you were signed by a scout named Herb Anderson. So I'm wondering, was were the Royals the team that you kind of expected to take you? And then do you remember the Royals watching you much in high school? No, not not really. Uh, the guy you're talking about, Herb Anderson, he was, uh, he was a Cincinnati Reds scout, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I had a trial when I was in the 11th grade in high school at, uh, at uh, Bush Stadium, which was uh, Victory Field in Indianapolis back then. Uh, and I had a tryout on a Saturday morning, but uh, I'd done fairly well, but because I was a junior in high school, they, they couldn't draft me. Okay, and then he went over to the Royals and then knew who you were. That makes sense. Okay. Now, was that a, so it was pretty easy for you to sign with the Royals? You didn't you know think about it too much? You kind of just did it? Well, somewhat I did. Uh, I, 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 like I said, I had offers to go to play college, and when I signed out of high school with the Royals, they they gave me some, uh, they gave me a little money to, to uh, sign out of high school, and also they gave me a, a, a full scholarship to go anywhere uh, and uh, to go to college anywhere. So I, I decided to sign with the Royals, and I ended up in Sarasota, which were, was the uh, Kansas City Royals rookie rookie team. Uh, called the uh, Sarasota Royals, but they were affiliated with the uh, Baseball Academy. But by me being drafted, I wasn't considered an a, a academy player. They, you know, I was, I was just a drafted player. Okay. Yeah, like you mentioned then, so the Baseball Academy then. So you, you signed, you finished 1972 uh, there. And I know guys like Tom Bruno were there and Frank White had gone through there as well. Now, to kind of talk about the Baseball Academy. What do you remember the most about it? Most of most thing only well for one, uh you had a guy that had uh, I think UL Washington was there, Ron Washington, uh, a guy by the name of Rupert Jones. He he came the year after me, but he, he was he, matter of fact he came at the same time I think it was. But uh then a uh, uh Academy player, we, we won the uh we won the championship down there in the Academy. I uh, was second in the league and uh, and hidden behind Willie Randolph, who was drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates. But we won the we won the league, but I was uh, second in in the batting title. Did they have you do like certain exercises? I mean, was there like you lived in dorms and stuff? What was that life like? Yeah, it was it was pretty much like being on a college campus. You know, we had dorms, we had uh, roommates, and. Uh, some guys went to school and, and some guys that uh, stayed in the dorms. And, and I was one of the guys that uh, stayed in the dorms. Uh, the academy players, mo- uh, most of them went to school during the day and came back during the afternoons, and that's when we started playing. 
Um, well, 1973 started to pay off for you because you split time in Billings, the Pioneer League, and San Jose in the Cali League. So let's talk about Billings. You led the entire Pioneer League in stolen bases. You had 26 and only 64 games. You hit 297. You got on base 381. So your favorite memories of playing in Billings? Well, we, we also won another championship. And uh, like you said, I went from uh, Billings and I uh, – I went to Class A. I seen a high Class A, uh, which was San Jose. But uh, during that season, you know, well, we we won, we won everything, you know, and, and that was a a blessing in itself. And then that next year, 1974, so you guys, again, you win the California League Championship that year. You beat Fresno in 1974. What was it like, uh, you know, playing there in San Jose? Oh, uh, San Jose was, you know, the weather was beautiful. You played every day and, and uh, didn't have too many rainouts. But uh, I, I wouldn't win the I, I wouldn't win the team when they won the championship because I, I went from A ball to the uh, to the major leagues. Uh, I pretty much skipped double uh, uh, A AA and triple A. I, I I had a couple of stunts in double A and, and a, a little stunt in triple A, but uh, mostly I played uh, uh, A ball that, that that whole that whole campaign. Yeah, and you also, in 1974, so like you said, San Jose, you were there for a minute in Waterloo as well, but you stole 85 bases in 91 attempts. I had to I had to like recheck that three times because that just seems ridiculous. 85 out of 91. How special was that for you? Well, that was real special. I think that's, that's, that's the reason I went from A-ball to the major leagues. I went to spring training, and I was the only rookie on the team. And uh, the manager, which was Jack McKeon at the time, figured he'd just keep me – just in the event that uh, he was uh, in late in the game, that uh, uh, he'd have to pitch hit for someone, I would be a pitch runner and we could get a run. Yeah, well, so it was 1975, so big league spring training. Like you said, you ended up making the Kansas City team. But going into spring training that year then, so did, but did you honestly think that you had a chance to make the club that year, you know, before you made it? Well, believe it or not, I figured I should have been in the big league. After I got drafted out of high school, that, that, <laughs> I love it. Not being uh, overconfident or anything, I just knew I could play baseball. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, now who were some of the veterans who kind of took you under their wings then when you first got to that spring training? Were, were there some guys in the Royals that kind of helped you out? Well, first and foremost, I, I would have to say Amos Otis. He was one of them, and then uh, it was John Mayberry who gave me my my nickname, uh, my nickname, which was uh, Cool Breeze. Then you had Hal McRae. Uh, George Brett was also on that team. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Al Collins. Oh yeah. So, uh, Jim Wolford. Oh, I could go on and on, and. Uh, Lenny McDowell, who was a pitcher. Uh, Dennis Leonard, he also was there. Man, that was a great team. Yeah, it was a good team, a real good team. I think we finished third in the the, uh, American League that year. Now you mentioned the the, the nickname Cool Breeze, which I think is one of the the best nicknames you know in baseball. So talk about why you got that nickname and, and how it happened. Well, I don't really know. Truthfully, except the fact, you know, I, I smoke some, uh, I smoke a little bit, you know, I smoke, uh, I smoke cool, cool 
cigarettes. And I, I think John Maybury seen me smoking a cool cigarette at one time, and he, he just just labeled me cool for a And that, that's the only thing I, I can I can get out of it. Other than that, I, I just tell you. So the moment you found out you were going to the big leagues, where were you at when you found out that news? Well, we opened our season up in Anaheim against the California Angels, and uh, I was in a hotel room uh, looking out my window looking at Disneyland, and uh, I thought that was just something awesome, you know. Uh, the third year out of high school in, uh, in the big leagues at the age of 21. Yeah, well, and then you make your big league debut the fourth game of that season in 1975. So it's the home opener against Minnesota. You you know, you're a pinch runner to replace Hall of Famer Harmon Killebrew there in the seventh inning. Another Hall of Famer, George Brett, is hitting, and you got thrown out by catcher Glenn Borgman trying to steal that first day. But then the next day, you made up for it. So you come in the next day, you got your first major league stolen base on April 29th against California. You also got two uh, big league plate appearances that day. You came in for Freddie Pottek and had your first big league at bat and walked, which I found, uh, you know, kind of that, that's rare. I would think most guys are up there hacking in their first at bat. But yours against Andy Hassler, you walked. Do you remember that, uh, that those at bats and those two days at all? Well, so long ago, I, I can't remember that. I can't recall it right offhand, but uh, I do remember the fact that uh, while I was there that that, that season. Jack McKeon was the manager, and uh, sometime during the season he got fired, and they they hired Whitey Herzog. And uh, I went from A ball, like I said, went from A ball to the big leagues. And I was on the major league roster, and then when they they, they hired Whitey Herzog, I ended up uh, going from from uh, Kansas City to Omaha, and then from Omaha. Back to Kansas City, then from Kansas City to to uh, Jacksonville, which was a double A team, and then I finished the season in Kansas City. Yeah, you were you were about three weeks at both uh, Omaha and Jacksonville. Did you have any nice memories of those two stops? Well, one of them I, I got left. I got left in uh, we're playing in uh, Montgomery, Alabama, I think it was, and uh, I got off the the, the, uh, the bus to use the restroom. When I came back, the bus was on the highway. <laughs> And I thought that was pretty strange, but anyway, I just came from the major league, so I I booked me a flight and I beat the team to the next destination, and and, and they thought that was pretty wild. <laughs> That's great. So they just forgot you, and you beat them there, anyways. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That must have been in Jacksonville when you were with uh, the Suns there. So then, uh, so you come back up, you finish off 1975. You stole four bases in KC, uh, scored 13 runs, had just 15 at bats. You did get your first big league hit that year against Bill Butler. Do you remember that at bat at all? I don't. I don't remember that. But what I do remember was we're playing the Oakland A's, which uh, I had had conversations with uh, Richard Jackson a few times, wondering. Why they wouldn't let me play? And I told him I could I could tell him that. But anyway, we we're playing them, and they were beating us 17 to nothing. And I was due to hit, and uh, I got in the batter's box, and all of a sudden the umpire kept calling, he called time, and I was like, can't be calling time because I can't see anything. Uh, I can't see any, you know, nothing going on right about now. <laughs> but at the time, uh, Whitey Herzog pitch hit Jamie Quirk for myself. And we were losing 17 to nothing. And at this time, I was so hot, frustrated, I threw my bat in my helmet and told him to get me out of here. But what's so strange about the whole 
uh, incident, Jamie Quirk hit a home run and made it 17 to 1. <laughs> That's so good. I knew my days was numbered there. Yeah, well, so yeah, so you get traded following that season, December 22nd to Montreal uh, for Bob Stinson. They'd sent him over earlier. So, uh, you know, were you surprised about that trade? I'm assuming not. And were you excited about that? I'm assuming so. Well, I was excited about it, but I, but I, I, I had no idea I was getting traded. I was, I was at home in Indianapolis uh, watching the news. And they said I'd been traded to Montreal from Kansas City, and no one had told me anything. So I thought that was pretty strange, but... It all worked out because uh, I went to spring training with Montreal, and uh, I should have made the team, but I didn't. And uh, they sent me to Triple A, uh, which they were going to send me all the way to Double A. And I told them, if, if that's the situation, I'm going to go back to college and play basketball. So they end up uh, leaving me in Triple A, and uh, we end up winning the American Association that year, another championship, and. Uh, they called me up at the end of the season in Montreal and ended up hitting 300, I guess. No. You hit 400. You were four for 10. <laughs> 400. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it turned out to be a pretty good trade, I think. Yeah, well, yeah. So even in Denver that year, you, I, I love how you always got on base a lot. You could always walk, which is one thing I noticed going back with your stats. So you hit 307 that year. You were 395 on base, which is pretty ridiculous. You stole 35 bases for Denver that year. <clears throat> Excuse me. So then you come back to spring training in 1977 with Montreal before they trade you to Texas on March 15th. But then 11 days later, Texas trades you to Oakland. So how much of a whirlwind was that? Well, it was really a whirlwind. Matter of fact, my luggage didn't get to me for a whole month. When <laughs> Texas traded me to Oakland. And uh, I, I want to thank Charlie Finley for that opportunity. Whether you knew it or not, Charlie Finley was from LaPorte, Indiana, which is not too far from Indianapolis, so evidently he knew something about me. That's why I guess he traded for me. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Well, then, yeah, you were there the entire 1977 season with Oakland. You spent some time there with Jack McKeon again, obviously. He was there for a while. What sticks out about that 77 season in Oakland? Well, we had a, we had a good team, I, I, would, I, would, I would say, but um, I guess everybody thought we were misfits because, you know, I guess a lot of us were – uh, guys that had been traded, and uh, I guess one, one, we were not wanted by other teams, but we all ended up in Oakland. And we were not, uh, like I said, we were a good team, but, you know, we, we lacked some pitching and things of that nature. But we we were spoilers more than anything because Kansas City, we, 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 we came back, we went to the Kansas City to play the Raw, and I just loved that. Uh, going back to Kansas City to play them because they were like in first place, I think, and we, I think we swept them in their own stadium at that time. But uh, yeah, that was it was quite a whirlwind from from Montreal to Oakland, who I mean Montreal to Texas to Oakland. Yeah. And then, so 1978, it happens again. You get traded in late March to the Cubs. You spend uh, 78 between Wichita and Chicago. You know, what's your favorite memories of playing with the Cubs there at Wrigley? Well, I just love the, the, that ivory out there. I mean, at that point in time, they I, they really didn't know where they wanted me to play. So I played five I played five positions in, in one game. I played short, second, third, center field, and uh, – second base but uh i enjoyed playing in chicago it was close to home and you know a lot of my relatives would come and see me play and it was just a, a great experience 
Well, you found a really good home then with Montreal. So they reacquire you and things work out great. It's December 78 and you'd spend, you know what, four years there, 79 to 82. Um, now, were you surprised they traded for you again? And how nice was it to go back there again? Well, I was surprised for them to get me back again because they already had me twice, I think, at that time. And uh, I just thought it was a failure to communicate, so to speak. So I just asked them, you know, what did they, what, what did they want? want me to do so anyway I ended up being the, the, the starting second baseman for, for those four years played some short uh, we had uh, Dave Cash Chris Byer Larry Ferris we had a real good team there matter of fact we finished we finished second three years in a row and uh, I thought that was pretty pretty awesome yeah, now a lot of great things happened there. The 1980 season was great, but before we talk about that, you in 1979 hit your only three big league home runs. Do you remember anything about those? Yeah. Well, the reason I can remember them, all of them were game winners. Oh, they were? Yeah, they all were game winners. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> And then 1980, so let's talk about that year. You led the league in triples. You had 13 triples, 63 bases you ripped off. And then uh, you and teammate Scott LaFleur also broke the major league record for most stolen bases by two teammates that year. So 1980, how special was that? Oh, that was real special. Uh, and, and it was Ron LaFleur, not Scott LaFleur, but Ron LaFleur and, and myself. But, uh, yeah, Ron, Ron, Ron was one hell of a – I won't say he was a base stiller. Ron was a, a base taker. He would he was he would take bases. He wouldn't steal them. He'd take them. You know, he'd be thrown out. Next thing you know, the ball's coming out of the guy's glove and everything. So so Ron was more finesse than uh, you know uh, uh, speed. Uh, but we had a we had a great team. Uh, Ellis Valentine, Warren Cromarty. Uh, we had a. Uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Tony Perez might have been on that team. Yeah, yeah, those were good teams. And in '81, you helped the team get to the playoffs that year. You guys lost in the NLCS, but I mean, how much fun was it being in a division race and then making the playoffs in '81? Well, I've always figured that being a champion on a championship team, you know, I guess you could kind of see that during my minor league career. But uh, that was a real disappointment for us to end up losing. To the Dodgers, you know, on a on a Rick Monday home run, on a Monday, so you know that kind of stuck stuck with me for a while, and uh, I really hated that. But you know, I really enjoyed being in Montreal. Yeah, you had some great teammates there too. I wanted to ask you about a few of them. One of the guys you mentioned a second ago who would play for the Royals later on uh, is Warren Cromartie. What kind of a, a teammate and guy was he? Um, he was a pretty outgoing guy. You know, he talked a lot, but, you know, he, he, he backed up his talk a lot by, you know, swinging the bat. He, Warren was a good hitter. Uh, played, played some outfield and first base, so, so Warren, was, Warren, Warren was a pretty good athlete. How about uh, the Hawk Andre Dawson? Well, it, it, it speaks for itself. He's in the Hall of Fame, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, and uh, I, it, it wasn't nothing he couldn't do. I just, I just hate to see, you know, his legs, you know, when it's strong, his body, his top top half of his body was uh, so 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 tight, whereas his legs couldn't could carry him a whole lot. I don't think so. He had he had a whole lot of trouble with his legs, but he turned out to be a hell of a ball player. 
and uh, that was Valentine, which he might have been gone at the time, but he was probably one of the best outfielders I ever seen, as far as taking the ball and throwing it all the way to home plate or throwing out runners. And one other guy was uh, obviously Gary Carter. Oh, Gary Carter was probably one of the best catchers that of, of all times. Uh, hit for average, knocked in runs, threw out, threw out runners. Gary was all around a uh, uh, great catcher, and uh, his contributions were were great. Now, what I always wondered, you know, we all know that Montreal lost the team ultimately and because of lack of fan support and the facilities and stuff. How sad was that for you? And was the crowd support really good when you were there? When I was there, it was, you know, it was standing room only at, at all times. You know, we, we sold out, you know, I think every home game we played, we sold out when I was there. The, the four, excuse me, the four years I was there, we sold out at all times. So, you know, after that, I don't know you know, what the problem was or whatever. But Montreal was a great place to play baseball. Yeah, well, after 1982, you know, they they released you, you know, I guess, what, about May or whatever of that year, and you finished up your big league career. It had to be kind of exciting for you with the Yankees there in Pinstripe. So what are your favorite memories of your Yankee days? Well, what I can say is I played with some Hall of Famers there also, and uh, at that time they weren't doing too, too well, but you had Ken Griffey Jr., I mean, Ken Griffey Sr., uh, the guy... Dave Winfield, Jerry Mumphrey, uh, Craig Nettles, uh, Roy Smalley, uh, Willie Randolph. Uh, he had a, he had a lot of uh, great players on that team, also. Yeah, definitely. And then '83, a little more time in AAA with Montreal before you moved on and played in the Mexican League from '84 to '86. What was that like? Well, the Mexican League was like a they say it's like triple-A baseball, but baseball is baseball. I don't care where you're at, you know. It, you know a Mexican league is, you know, is it, it, like the, the major leagues in Mexico. So, you know, I, I enjoy playing over in Mexico. I mean, you know, they say don't drink the water, so I drunk a lot of beer. But, uh, <laughs> other than that, baseball, baseball pretty much played the same no matter where you go. Yeah, what was that? Was the food good down there? And I mean, could you speak okay and everything? Yeah, everything was pretty much fine, except like you say, the water. It was something about that water, you know. I don't, you know, it was, you know, you had to drink bottled water because if you drink the regular water, you would definitely get sick. Huh. I don't know. I don't know if it's changed or what, but you know, the time I was there, I mean, I, I didn't have no problems, so I didn't drink the water. I drank bottled water. Well, you retired and took 87 and 88 off, as far as I can tell, but then you played in the Senior Professional Baseball Association in 89 and 90. You were with the West Palm Beach Tropics in 89 and the Florida Tropics in 90. So what was that? I know that league didn't last real long, but what was that league like and you know, your, your favorite memories of those two years? Well, like I say, it was, uh, it was basically a, a league of, of all of former major leaguers, you know, uh, you had Raleigh Fingers, you had uh, Vita Blue. You had a lot of, uh, you know, uh, exceptional ball players in that league. And, and the reason it didn't last, I couldn't tell you. But uh, the first year, it was it was a nice league to be in. The second year, I think, you know, the funds might have got uh, 
you know, distributed the wrong way or whatever, and, and that's probably why I told it. But other than that, I think it would have been a, a great thing for any ex-major leaguer to go down and, and uh, have a good time with it. Yeah, that'd be fun to watch that too. So you, you walked away from the game as a player. What have you been up to since those days, and, and have, you, have you stayed involved with baseball at all? Well, not, 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 not professionally as much, but I, I, I've done some baseball camps uh, in California with Vita Blue. And uh, I, I've also did some coaching in high school. At, uh, uh, it was a high school in Indianapolis called Broward High School. And also coached at my, my, my high school uh, at Arlington. And, uh, and, and basically, I just do a lot of fundamental, you know, just try to help kids with the fundamentals and, uh, you know, showing them different ways to do things, you know, for stealing bases or catching balls, turning double plays, this thing. But, but my thing is, you know, as an individual, you know, you can you can show or teach a guy something, but everybody's different. So therefore, you know, the, the results, as long as the results are the same, you know, no matter I mean how how they do it, you know, some everybody does things differently. So, but my thing is, as long as the job is done, that, that's all that matters. Yeah, for sure. Well, I guess last two questions for you. You know, first of all, what are your favorite memories of the Royals organization? You know, as far as the minor leagues and major leagues. But you think back, what are your favorite things to remember from the Royals days? Well, at the time, it was a, it was just a, it was just a fun organization, and, and I enjoyed every every day and every second I was with them. And uh, a lot of the guys, UL Washington, uh, Willie Wilson, Amos Otis, Al McRae, George Brett. Freddie Podtek and uh, Cookie Rawls and guys showed me a lot, a lot, a lot about baseball. You know, growing up as a as a, uh, a young man, and uh, I, I just I enjoyed you know all the time I had in Kansas City organization. They they prepared me for for the future that I had. Yeah, and then what, your last thing would be: What would you like to say to the Royals fans listening right now? Whatever you do, stay with them because because they're gonna always have a competitive team and the organization is going to always feel a great team and uh just look forward to seeing some good baseball in kansas city absolutely have you been back here by the way since you left or not no i haven't been back you know and, and it's strange because you know they they used to have uh, old timers games and you know some of the ex-teammates or ex-players ex, ex that played in different organizations you know you, they go back to different places to play, and uh, I never never went back to Kansas City, but I, I did go back to Montreal, and, and I played in uh, Cincinnati or somewhere before uh, in one of the old-timers games, but I don't think they, they uh, have that anymore. And if they do, I'd I, I like for them to bring it back so I can you know, uh, see some of my old teammates. Yeah, we'd love to see you out here and stealing another base out there, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm all about that, man. Well, well, thanks so much for all your time and, and you know for all that you gave to the Royals organization coming up. You know, as a young player and getting to the major leagues, and a lot, a lot of people have good memories of your career. And hopefully, we'll stay in touch, and hopefully, we'll see you back here in Kansas City one of these days. Sounds good. Appreciate right. your time. Have a nice day. Take care, man. Thank you.